welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast. I'm Rob, I'm here as always with Cheeto. Hello. And today we're going to talk about some favourite subject of mine, movie potholes. Mm. Uh, you were now, one out about this, <clears> haven't you? Now, some of... Some of these might you might think have been just slightly slightly picky because because you are but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean potholes sometimes ruin movies don't they Yeah they do they um, can do and are often debated. Like you said some some can be minute and some yeah. can actually change your whole perspective on the yeah. movie, can't it? So it can yeah. So we're gonna leap in and we're gonna start with Independence Day, mm. the nineteen ninety six um, action adventure film directed by Roland Emmerich. So. There's a couple of plot holes in this. Is the first is you've got Russell Cass, which is Randy Quaid's character. He he's the guy who claims to have been abducted by aliens ten years earlier. Yeah, at the end of the film, when the president's briefing the pilots for the final attack on the alien spacecraft, everyone still looks at him like he's in it, like he's out of his mind for saying he was abducted by aliens, as they're looking at the world being <laughs> invaded by aliens. Yeah. Do not find that a bit weird? Quite dumb to be <coughs> fair, isn't it? It is. Because, yeah, everybody's ripping him for, for claiming that he's he's been abducted. When there's literal proof yeah. happening right in front of their eyes, yeah. But, then, but he does actually say that they don't look like the ones that took him. Yeah, but still, I just think, like, there's a whole alien attack, no matter, like... Yeah, it's just dumb. Yeah. Because, like I said, the proof is right there in front of your eyes, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? So <clears throat> so that was kind of a... It might not be a biggie, but it's still yeah, it's still a bit annoying, I guess. It's not as bad as this one, though. <laughs> well, the next one is that, obviously, um, David, played by Jeff Goldblum, um, they and Will Smith's character pilot, they, they recovered, because the idea is that one of these alien spacecraft landed... Or crash landed in Roswell back in '47, and they've managed to to kind of reverse engineer stuff on it and get it working again. And then so Will Smith's character they pilot this alien spaceship to to dock with the mother ship. And the idea is that they're going to release a computer virus. So they get up there and they manage to so. Obviously, the 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 um, the mothership must be Mac compatible because mm. it must have some kind of interface where they can plug a Mac computer in, yeah. which is a bit weird, isn't it? Because it's just ridiculous. Well, it is, yeah, because it's alien technology, um, and we know that pretty much nothing on the other Apple products tend to interface with mm. or be compatible with Macs. So again, it's a bit. It's, it's not a major plot hole, but it's just. I just, I just think it's probably whoever wrote the wrote the film. Uh, it weren't looking that too too no. much into it, were they? And they just wrote it. Well, it's you know, it's, it's full of story. It is what it? it is. It's an yeah. action adventure film. It's not a, a drama or, you know. So I don't. I really don't think they were even thinking about the plot holes, are they? That they no. created. They were just like I said. They were just writing the story how they how they saw fit, really. And yeah, it just happened to be some of the dumbest decisions <laughs> but still like I said in the bigger picture of things it still doesn't yeah. take away because the movie is quite like I said it's, it's like you said it's, it's a huge blockbuster like no one no one going to the cinema is going to be like huge, huge cinema buffs and they will say that's a negative against no. it would they because it wasn't going for <coughs> no. that so 
Yeah. But it's just it's just fun to point out. Yeah, it's funny. It? Yeah. So we're gonna move on now to Back mm. to the Future, which is a nineteen eighty five uh time travel comedy, you would call it, directed mm, by Robert yeah, Zemeckis. So there's a couple that um I've added. Um the first one is when um Marty's trying to get back home mm. um and obviously he's he's come back from the future in the DeLorean which is powered by plutonium because that's the only thing that can generate the 1.21 gigawatts of power to to send the DeLorean uh, through time mm. um so the idea that they come up with is that they know that the um it's the clock tower is going to be struck by lightning yeah. at this precise time so what happens is doc does all the calculations they line up the DeLorean, Doc paints a line on the road so Marty will hit the wire and get the lightning bolt into the flux capacitor at exactly the right time. The movie even says Doc's adjusted for wind resistance, but when Marty goes to drive the car, it won't start. So the alarm clock goes off, which is his his um, his trigger to, to, uh, to start, and the engine is stalled. So technically, Marty leaves late, yet he still somehow hits the wire on time. So was Doc's math math wrong? And no one said a word. Now I don't think, because you know, his guy's built a time machine, so his math's going to be bang on in yeah. there, really. Um, and if the car had not stalled, then Marty would have been too early, missed the lightning bolt, crashed into the movie theater, and never gotten home. Yeah, I when I obviously you know every, everyone was everyone's seen Back to the Future and they, yeah. every time I've watched this film I hadn't thought about it but now it's kind of ruined the film for me. So <laughs> <thanks> for <that. laughs> you know, it's it's kind of a major major part. It, it, it takes I must it does take away it because now every time I'm going to be watching it I'm going to be thinking of that in the back of my mind now. So <laughs> and obviously the probably one that most people have pointed out is mm. is the fact that so Marty travels back in time disrupting the future for um basically cockblocks his dad doesn't he <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know simpler words yeah. yeah um so he disrupts when the, the point in which they meet and his mother ends up falling for him instead so he has to repair things by getting his mother and father to get together at school prom and fall in love he then travels back to the future again where his, his father he's now changed the future his father's now a successful mm. author they've got money he's got a brand new truck but as Marty gets older, would his parents not begin to recognise how much he looks like Calvin Klein, the guy from the 50s who helped them hook up? And wouldn't have Marty's father have a few questions? Like, Lorraine, you know, you, how close were you with this guy? <laughs> it sort of happened in the car at the yeah, form and that. I know, right? exactly. But it, uh, compared to the, the first one, like I said, this like I can maybe um, bypass that one, really, because, like... She's living. She's lived. I don't know how old she is when she's the mother, but she's lived X amount of years, and she's seen loads of faces, met loads of people. So maybe you can just forget about. It, but it was, yeah, she's a significant person in their life who brought them together. Yeah. So you kind of think. Mm. But obviously, obviously, in her mind, time travel would never been yeah, able to exist. So she, I'm just, it's probably just, just uh, out of the realm yeah. of possibility to her. But yeah, no, it kind of. <laughs> It's, it stays in the back of my mind, but not as bad as the, well, that's, the again, first that's, one. That's another thing: is every time travel movie I've ever seen says, "Do not make any change. Do not affect the yeah. future," and he does because he, he his dad's now a successful author. Him and him and Biff have got like a role reversal. Yeah, um, and yeah, you kind of think, is that going to affect other things as well? Yeah, I don't right. know. Anyway, 
But yeah, the, the first one's very major now, and uh, thank you for ruining one of my favourite movies I've made. Okay, well, I'm going to shit on another one. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars, 1977, directed George Lucas. Now, there's lots of plot holes mm. in Star Wars franchise. It's, it's kind of synonymous, well, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's mainly to holes. the narrative and timeline problems caused by the prequel mm. films. So, it's just a few. I'm sure you might have. You've probably got some to add to this, but... One of the major ones, I think, is Obi Wan's plan for hiding Luke from his father. Okay, so what we're gonna do? We want to we want to hide Luke from Darth Vader. So what? So obviously, obviously, Leia goes off to uh, to um with Senator Organa. Yeah. To you know, that's a perfect place, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, and so what we're gonna do? Yeah, let's move him back to his father's home planet. Keep using his father's surname, so we're still gonna call him Skywalker. Yeah. I'm gonna place him with his father's <laughs> um, step. Um, brother and sister-in-law yeah so you know so what What if Darth decides to make you know like a, a little Christmas visit or something <laughs> you know <laughs> let's go look up the old family on Tatooine <laughs> so yeah that is a that is yeah it's, but so I mean supposedly Obi-Wan was using his Jedi powers to to, to shield Luke yeah and, and to stop him being I can believe I can believe that I, I think that's a bit more believable. <clears throat> well, this is one you raised with the Sith rule of two, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So basically, this is more. This is going into more legends as well, and only real Star Wars knows and know. But um, back in the day, there was a very powerful Sith called Darth Bane, and basically, back in the day, the Siths there was loads of them. You can have it could be as many as you know. It's like the Jedi Order. Basically, you can have unlimited Siths, and they all started uh, vowing for power. So they started a lot of infighting stuff. So he said no. Uh, he, he created the Sith Ruler two. He said that at only one time is allowed to be a master and an apprentice. But in obviously in in um, Empire, when we first see Palpatine, uh, literally Darth Vader and uh, Palpatine talk amongst themselves like they want to bring Luke on board with them. And I've heard a couple of people say, "Oh, but one of them was either planning to kill another one." But no, they they were talking like they were going to bring him on board, and that would totally defeat the the whole um, law around the the rule set for two. So that's just another one. Once again, most people wouldn't know about like Darth Vader and stuff, so obviously it doesn't it doesn't take away. But where it's such a it's one of the only rules with the Sith. It's kind of like. For us people who do know the, the legends and and the, and um, the extended universe and stuff, it, it is kind of a bit, uh, yeah, it doesn't sit quite right with us. But you can obviously look past it. You know, I mean, it still doesn't take away anything from the film or anything from Star Wars. It's just a bit, I'd say, a bit more than a minor one, minor one. You know, but yeah, that's just one that I, I thought of on, on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, and R2D2 and C3PO, yeah. they were staples of the Star Wars um, franchise. Yeah. Um, would, you know, Obi Wan in Star Wars claims that he, he never owned a droid, mm. yet he R2D2 was his droid. Yeah. And C3PO was built by Anakin. Well, I've, I've heard, I've heard, because <coughs> I agree with this, by the way, but I'm just saying what yeah. a couple of people said. He's like, oh, um, he, he lied about. He obviously lied when he said that he doesn't remember R2. Yeah. I was like, well, well, I don't get why he would lie, you know, because he, he maybe in lying he, he hides uh, his past with, with all that, but he's still right there with R2 anyway. So yeah. it doesn't matter. What's the point in lying in the first place? Yeah. But yeah, and, and obviously C3PO, 
Are you on about from uh, Vader's perspective, not no from Obi and Vader as well, but Obi Wan. Oh, okay, because I was going to say because obviously three PO is his mind wiped, Danny. But from Obi Wan's perspective, yeah. looking at him, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and Vader would have known. Yeah, him as well. I mean, he built him. So. R two was literally Vader. Yeah, he built C three PO, but R two was what? literally Anakin's <coughs> droid. One, yeah, it was yeah. it was who he he went on missions with and stuff. Yeah. But um, there was a there was another one. Um, yeah. And tying into that, the same scene where Obi obviously mentions that he doesn't know who yeah. R2 is. There's one where, where he's, I don't know if you heard it, where he's aged very fast. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. obviously Ewan McGregor was, what, maybe 30? I think there was 20 years between... Yeah, there was. Because um, Luke is 21, yeah. I believe, and he's yeah. aged very, very rapidly. Yeah. But I know people say it's to do with PTSD or the fact, because he's a very strong force, he's the force ages you doesn't it but yeah uh, these, to be fair these are some that you can just look past yeah, maybe, really maybe. Um, and there's there's a couple more obviously yeah um, Stormtrooper armor how yeah. shit is that yeah because in Return of the Jedi Stormtrooper gets hit by a branch by an Ewok <laughs> and instantly dies um, <laughs> yeah, Han ridiculous. throws one of the Stormtroopers into a tree and he instantly dies yeah. So yeah, and if, it, you think, if you think about it, they're, they're, they're the empire, you know. Yeah. They got. I can't even imagine how much money they have and whatnot. And even look at the the Death Star prices. Yeah, it's trillions upon trillions. And you'd think someone would put some money into actually yeah. making some good armor, because obviously they their eye holes must be messed up because they can't shoot for shit <laughs> either. And oh, can, I've actually had another. I, oh, yeah. I've had someone counted this. <laughs> And it's ridiculous, but the stormtroopers weren't trying to kill them. They were trying to guide them into uh, into Vader's path in Death Star. <laughs> okay. There's always some. Yeah. I love Star Wars fans. Like we're huge, yeah. but we come up with some bullshit sometimes, <laughs> don't we? And then obviously there's the last one, the escape pod. So in in uh, A New Hope, um, the droids escape in an escape pod, mm. and the the they're, they're gonna the empire are gonna shoot it and you say no it's it's empty but well, why not why not just shoot yeah because they say there's no life forms but still <clears throat> uh, like you said what what like if they shoot it they blow up an escape pod yeah okay but they could like it's their mistake that that obviously yeah. and it's got r2 and the, c3 if going. the plans are in there then they destroy yeah. the plans they save themselves the rest the film you know I, if those plans didn't get out, Star Wars doesn't happen. So exactly. it's, it's down to whoever that operator was, wasn't it? Yeah, the gun. Was. So, so it's, up, it's his fault. Yeah. Just, again, it doesn't really affect the story. No. It's just a bit odd that they would do something but like yeah, there's that. So many, there's, um, I mean, there's, like, yeah. like we said earlier, there's, like Star Wars and plot holes are synonymous with each other. Obviously, it's a very convoluted... Um, in the original uh, trilogy, it was all convoluted as it was. But then, obviously, George Lucas with the um, the prequels and whatnot, you know. Another one off the top of my head is um, obviously um, Sebastian Shaw played yeah. Vader when he took his helmet off, yeah. and then apparently, and in Return of the Jedi before the, before the before the the two before the uh, yeah the original Return of the Jedi at the end he yeah. appeared as a Force Ghost. It was yeah. Sebastian Shaw. And then, obviously, in the in the re-release, it was um, Hayden Christensen, and and George Lucas says that that's that was he goes back to the last time being good. But I was like, surely, because uh, Anakin has always been, even when he was younger, he's always been not 
fully good Joey. Conflict, yeah. Whereas surely uh, killing the Emperor, <clears throat> sacrificing that's your the son. That's the surely redemption of that's, Darth Vader. That's, that's him at his best, isn't yeah, it? But yeah, but he's he's trying, you know, George Lucas is, yeah. I don't think he, he's quite there the whole time, you know. And another one, uh, it's not necessarily a plot hole. I don't know. It's 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 not a plot hole, but it's something to do with the plot that really irks me. And it's when he says that Star Wars is for kids, right? What? Well, that's bullshit. Star Wars is for everyone. Our kids gonna understand what the prequel is about. All about Senate government and whatnot. Mm. You know, are they gonna understand about that? No. So yeah, George George Lucas just chats shit sometimes, but. <laughs> Yeah, they're just... Oh, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, those are us, Disney. <laughs> but yeah, they're just a couple of, of the many, many um, plots, unless you can think of any more to do with no, Star Wars. No, no. Like we said, there's, there's just so many. A lot of it's to do with timing, isn't it? And and things like that. Another quick famous one, not necessarily a plot hole, but it's more of one of those... Um, uh, I don't know what... You, those specific shots where, um, say, a character's doing something with an item, and the next scene... The items over there, and then the next yeah. scene they're doing, yeah. but um, continuity, yeah, continuity, yeah. yeah. Well, Joe, when Obi defends Luke from the gut, from the, the guys uh, at the bar, yeah, he chops off the arm, yeah. But whose arm is it? Because it does, it doesn't belong to any of those guys. Have you ever noticed that? I think it does. It's, no, it's not. It's, no? It doesn't know. Oh, okay. That guy, that guy, uh, the arm is. Um, it's a fluffy yeah. blue arm and it's got uh, orange like puffer jacket on right. none of them do so okay. it's just like stuff like that you know what I mean yeah. and then another one they had to they had to bypass sorry I know this is going it was um, obviously in the original in the 77 release Jabba the Hutt wasn't a slug no. How you, he was a human and no. Han walks around Jabba doesn't he Yeah. and they had to battle they had to um, get over this by Hand stepping on his tail. Yeah, well that's that. <clears throat> that scene was cut for the original. Yeah, and it was only reintroduced in the re-release mm. when they CGI'd. It's so weird though. Jabber it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense why he yeah. would just like hurt Jabba like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, it's just so many different things the prequels <laughs> brought up. You know, don't even get me started on the bad CGI. But we'll right. we'll move on because we're gonna on. we're gonna spend a whole <laughs> podcast talking about it. So yeah, okay. So our next film is Signs, 2002, yeah. directed by M. Night Shyamalan. He's king of the plot twist. Mm. Um, so Signs is uh, Mel Gibson. Aliens um, land on Earth and they're around his farm. And in the end, it's uh, they determine that the aliens are either allergic to or are hurt by water great so <laughs> first thing is why would a, a, an alien come to a planet that's who <laughs> hates water comes to a planet that's three quarters covered with water <laughs> but the start of the film um, like I say Mel Gibson's character's got a farm and they they, um, they farm corn mm. in Pennsylvania and initially they think it's just people messing about and he chases them through the corn so they're running through a cornfield yeah. it's late at night the con's covered in dew, which is water. Yeah. So, yeah, it just that really. I've got to say as well, the ending to signs is very. Um, 
it's almost like he, he ran out. He just couldn't be bothered. Well, I've, never, I've never watched this film. Obviously, yeah. I, I've, obviously I know everything about it. <clears throat> yeah. And apparently it's very underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. Know? I mean, it's got... It's, it's not bad. It's, it's a good film, but it's got... You've, you've got all this build-up to this... this the the the, um, the reveal at the end. Mm. And the reveal is that aliens don't like water. And it's just like a, just an anti-climax. So they battle the aliens with water, then? Is yeah. That's yeah. basically... Is, is, yeah, maybe it's him... Trying to be like, uh, yeah, think outside the box, but, but but it's convoluted because they they have to kind of um, one of Mel Gibson Mel Gibson's daughter right because Mel Gibson's uh, wife dies in a car accident and his his daughter's got this this uh, phobia about water being um, she'll she'll drink half a glass of water mm. and say the rest of it's contaminated. And so she'll leave glasses of water, half-filled water, around the house. And um, Mel Gibson's brother, Joaquin Phoenix, he lives with them. And he's like a failed um, baseball. He could have had a baseball career. Oh, yeah. But anyway. So at the end of the film, this alien invades their house. And what they do is Joaquin Phoenix grabs his baseball bat mm-hmm. and starts smashing these glasses of water. Yeah, yeah. A, 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 against the alien which okay. starts to burn it is that how they realise yeah okay. and it's this convoluted thing of oh we've got to, we've got to get the water in there glasses of water in there somehow and then you know it's just mm. yeah it's a very contrived storyline with a really anticlimactic <laughs> ending oh it's water okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think do you reckon maybe you try to take a minimal, minimalistic approach where it's so obvious. It's almost like he you. got fed up with the story and just thought, I want to end it as quickly as possible. What can we do? <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that is something that would take away from the film for mm. me personally. Like I said, I've never seen it. Yeah. But I've heard some stuff about it, and yeah, that would literally yeah. take away from the plot of the film for me. Yeah. But Okay, so moving on, it's The Matrix, 1999 film directed by the Wachowskis. So we all know the plot. Neo takes the red pill, wakes mm. up, finds that the matrix is actually this super intelligent computer that and it's using humans basically like batteries to power it and that so the humans don't freak out they um they kind of implant these memories or this this kind of world into their mm. into their brain but surely the matrix could be powered by the energy from any mammal so why choose humans why not choose cows or something much easier to control probably produce more energy and you just have to feed them grass and they won't have problems with a chosen cow stepping forward <laughs> and you know me I'm, I'm a huge yeah. Matrix Superman yeah. this is literally one of my favourite films of all time and all I can say is you're completely right yeah. I, I, I can't defend this really you know what I mean <laughs> um, the only, the only I, I, I use that bullshit thing of but we wouldn't have got the film no, instead know, so know, but, but yeah like, I can't defend yeah. it because it is quite ridiculous isn't it you know yeah. what I mean I mean, there may be a, a there may be a completely rational reason why you've you got know, to use. I mean, I would have loved to. I would have loved to see cows. Like, <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> right, that's that's my only. Yeah, like I said, it's a short one. one this one, because yeah. even I love the Matrix. Like it's one of my top movies, but yeah, I can't defend this really. So, yeah. So moving on to Man of Steel, twenty thirteen, directed by Zack Snyder. Since Superman, in our son, Superman's indestructible. How can he shave? 
because throughout the fear f- film he appears with a beard in some scenes and he's clean shaven in others so no razor earthly razor could remove his beard a problem which has been used as a driving plot of some of his more humorous comic book adventures so it's actually been used as a plot mm. in the comic yeah. books now some people have said oh well he has a razor made of kryptonite yeah which would surely said, kill him, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, he burns it off with his um, laser vision. Yeah. So, I just think it's, it's simply as Zack Snyder was writing this, he either forgot or or he he was writing it from the point of this is a DCEU thing. Yeah, you know I mean, is is forget about the comic books and yeah. stuff. But I was like, I was like, if you've gone from that approach, no, you should always respect your source material, shouldn't yeah. you? So he was in the wrong either way, but yeah, maybe, I, I just think he, he, he um, because he's a good writer, he's a really good director, but I just think he forgot yeah. maybe, and that's probably why, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite stupid, isn't it, really? You've got to be true to your characters, yeah. that's the thing, when, when you're writing stuff like that. Yeah, like I said, you've got to respect and the source material. Particularly um, in a film there where you've got lots of fat, nerdy fans who will point it out yeah. all the time. And it's like Star Wars, you know, the fans will if you don't produce something that is um canon or you know follows certain rules yeah then people will just yeah shit on over it and obviously with, with superman he's got he's got um 70 years of, of mm, yeah backstory so yeah. but yeah i just think he either forgot or, or um yeah i don't think he would have or forgot because it even though to a normal film fan it may seem not that mm that um important but like you said maybe to real superman fans yeah. it can take away from the film because if the film's not right in in some ways and correct in the others it, you know what am i watching is is the whole film wrong you know yeah. so yeah small one yeah so moving on another one of your favorites shawshank mm. redemption 1994 directed by frank darabont this is one that's that's all over the internet yeah. everyone asks this question just how did Andy Dufresne reattach the Raquel Welsh poster in his cell so perfectly after escaping through the tunnel? I mean, it might seem inconsequential, but it, I think it does detract yeah. from the plausibility of the story. While researching this, and did you say, see... well, you know, he could attach maybe the top two corners, yeah. but not the bottom two as well? I just don't get how you'd attach them, though. When you're inside the tunnel, you could attach the two top corners, maybe. But then you wouldn't be able to attach the two bottoms. Find it really odd, I think. Yeah, it would be. Mm. But it's possible, but not all four corners. No. So it, it does kind of because the way it's on the wall is is perfect, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's, it's it's because obviously he, the the one throws um, rocks a chest piece, isn't it? Oh, through the chest piece, yeah. Through the thing and it breaks and it's perfectly. Um, like I say it's perfectly attached to the wall. It's like someone attached it from the outside yeah, exactly. inside the cell but yeah like, like you said I agree that it does kind of take yeah. something away it's not big in the in the big no, picture of things it's but just... you know it, it, it's enough to point like be pointed out isn't it you <laughs> yeah. know but okay moving on your another one of your favourites Dino yeah, yeah. Rises 2012 directed by Christopher Nolan favourites and... yeah I like, oh, the, I like okay. the trilogy but All this right. one yeah so at one point in the film Commander Gordon decides to send the entire Gotham police force on the ground at once where they're trapped by Bane. The entire Gotham police force. Yeah. Now, when would that ever happen? Yeah, that no. just wouldn't happen, would it? But that's enough of a stretch in itself. But eventually the force is rescued and they show up impeccably dressed, in fine health and without so much as a hair out of place 
after months of living in squalid yeah. conditions. Now I've seen people say, well, you know, they people they were sending supplies down to them and everything. But yeah, so what? They they send them down washing machines. They could wash their uniforms and iron. Did you see the Did you see the size of the space as well? Yeah. Like, it's, once again, it's 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 one where it's not like too too ridiculous, but yeah, it, it's kind of like it makes you question yourself: Were they in down there for that period of time? Because yeah. it obviously doesn't look like no. it, does it? No, it's, it's, and again, it's, it doesn't really affect the story. It's no. just. It's just when you look at it again, you kind of look at it and you think, yeah, that's right. They all look like they're fresh from the station, don't they? Yeah. But yeah, it's just a minute one, really. Yeah. That one. And then moving on to the ending itself. Um, now, some people have pointed out that it's unclear whether Alfred actually saw Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle in Florence Cafe or just dreamed it. However, the suggestion is that Wayne survived the bomb blast after flying the device away from Gotham in the Batplane, and Morgan Freeman's Fox discovered that the craft autopilot system had been fixed by Wayne six months previously so the viewers led to believe that a hero is alive and well living life as an anonymous civilian now this is kind of because Wayne is an internationally recognised business magnet he's featured on the front of Time magazine so there's no way he would have been able to enjoy a quiet life anywhere without his survival getting out mm. you know I think yeah. he couldn't just disappear he could if he sort of he hid himself away, but if he's actually going out in public, people are going to recognise him, surely. Well, when, when I first watched this film, I thought, obviously, he sacrificed himself, and then you see that it's kind of like a shock ending. Yeah. But I understand where people come from, maybe that Alfred dreamed it, because he did say before that he had... Because um, he, he'd been there before, and, he, and yeah. it shows you a flashback of that yeah. happening. And so he's been there, but obviously... Bruce wasn't there, was he? No. And he's, he's seen it, so maybe that's a figment of his imagination. Yeah, but possibly. Uh, I think I think the, the the thing where Fox discovers that it's been fixed, I think that that is is enough of a of an indication that he's alive. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because um, the only thing I have a problem with that is is I don't I don't because he, obviously he's flying away, isn't he? He's flying yeah. into the sea with this huge bomb I don't yeah. know what happens does he does he eject does he you know what I mean at what point you don't see him eject from the, no. from the plane um, and from any because like as the bat planes come going into the sea you don't see any uh, any point from because you actually see the blast happen as well mm. and in that whole time of the blast you don't see Batman eject or you don't see you know what I mean so yeah. I don't and, and you don't see him obviously with the autopilot and whatnot. I don't know it's just it's very very weird but I'm I'm a huge fan of this trilogy, so I can I, I kind of like blind myself, so I can kind of because it's the ending I like, you know, it's the yeah. ending best suited for me personally. So that's why I don't kind of look into it. But yeah, I can see why people have a problem yeah. with it because it, it is um, questionable to say the least in it. But yeah, as as a huge fan of this, I just kind of blind myself because mm -hmm. I'm like, no, this is my ending, you know. Yeah. So Armageddon, nineteen ninety eight film directed by Michael Bay Bay sorry yeah so huge asteroids gonna hit earth um, we need there's only one uh, plan that's mm. gonna work we have to, we have to go up we have to drill a hole I think it's 800 feet put a nuclear device down it blow it up split the asteroid in two who do you pick to go up 
do you take a group of highly trained astronauts and train them to be drillers, or do you take a bunch of hairy-assed redneck <laughs> drillers and train them to be astronauts? Well, I think you'd, you'd pick the astronauts because their yeah. bars already set that high of their <laughs> skill level, so it's, it's not going to take much for them to go that, that yeah. bit higher. Where you know, like you said with the oil drillers, like it's going to take yeah. more than two weeks. Yeah, I believe it was two weeks, wasn't it? Because in the in the film that they've actually been training a group of astronauts, haven't they? Yeah. And then Bruce Willis says, "Oh, you know, um, drilling's not a science; it's an art, and that's why he convinces them it'd be easier to send them up to go." Yeah. But again, um, even Ben Affleck, he's he's pointed this out, even revealing in the DVD commentary that he raised this issue with director Michael Bay while f- filming. And basically, Bay just told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously knew it was a plot hole. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it, it is it is two weeks, done it? That yeah. the film says, and yeah, yeah, it's very. But once again, I suppose I'm again one. It's a huge blockbuster. Yeah. Not people, the average film fans going to go. They're yeah. not going to look too much into it, no, are they? They're not. And it doesn't. Uh, to me personally, it doesn't take anything away. No, it doesn't. It's just it's, it just adds to the charm yeah. of the film, doesn't it? And yeah. It's a favour of ours, isn't it? But yeah, it is, it is a quite an important point, isn't it? You know, yeah. but... Okay, uh, next one is Lord of the Rings 2001, directed by Peter Jackson. Um, right, before we say this, yeah. right, uh, we, can, we, can, we can understand where some fans are going to come because obviously we're huge Star Wars fans. We're not... With Lord of the Rings, we respect the films. I never grew up watching them. I respect how good they are. I know they're really good films. But, yeah, why didn't Frodo just ride the Eagles to Mordor? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I know people say, oh, but you wouldn't get the films. Yeah. But once we, we can understand where you're coming from because so many people can be like, oh, this thing, why didn't they do this in Star Wars? And be like, oh, but we didn't. We wouldn't have the Star Wars film. So we can yeah. understand where people come from. But it still is a plot yeah. hole, isn't it? Yeah. And then, obviously, the common answer is it's it's not about how they get there. It's, it's the about, journey. It's the journey. Mm. But other people have pointed out that um, for them to get to Mordor, um, it re- it required uh, a distraction to distract Saruman. Yeah. Uh, which was what they did. They had the... They had the well, that Aragorn. Aragorn. They approached that, yeah. the gates of Mordor and they, they drew um, the army of Mordor out. I, I kind of feel that that maybe that someone come up yeah. with that after the film came out <laughs> and they heard it. Um, but also, you know, people said that the Eagles were just helping like their mate Gandalf out yeah. for that bit, and it's it's the difference between saying to somebody, "Oh, can you give me a lift home?" to saying, "Oh, can you give me mm. a lift to Spain?" <laughs> you know, yeah, I suppose that's that's, that's good enough, but. But you know, it, it is a huge plot hole mm. in my opinion. But like I said, where for me personally, I've, I've I didn't grow up watching these. But movies. that does make sense. The fact they they could have ridden the yeah. eagles to Mordor, but they would have been seen by Saruman, and he would have sent probably, yeah. you know, a, or, or, or the very least, they could have ridden them the most most of the way, couldn't yeah. they? You know what I mean? But yeah, I with stuff like that, it, it means that we wouldn't have got the film. So I don't really. I don't really um, take those into account no. you know what I mean so but yeah I, I can understand where people would be really annoyed because they hear it all the time yeah. when they just ride the eagles but yeah it's, it's still a plot hole isn't it at the end of the day but yeah one that, that you can um, with your explanation about Sour Man yeah. yeah it does make sense doesn't it Obviously, this goes to show we're not big like the fans of Lord of the Rings because got his name wrong. It's Saruman, oh, yeah, not Saruman. Yeah. So I apologise. Saruman is uh, yeah. Christopher Lee's character. So, so Lord of the Rings fans, please. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, just completely brain fat. Like I said, I, I, I've, I've seen like forty minutes of the first yeah. one. 
but I do respect them films, okay? <laughs> right, moving on. Back to the Future Part 3, 1990, directed by Robert Zemeckis. This is where Marty travels back in time to 1885 in a DeLorean, because the end of Back to the Future 2, we see the DeLorean get hit by lightning and we think it's been destroyed. And then this guy from Western Union turns up with this letter for Marty and he goes, Doc, he's still alive. <laughs> he's, in, he's in 1885, but he's still alive. So the Dillon wasn't destroyed. Yeah, it, was it was sent back, sent in, back time in time to, yeah. to the, the Old West. Now, when he, as he, when he travels back, uh, unfortunately, the, the time machine springs a leak and loses all its fuel. Because what happens is the the dock hides the DeLorean in an old mine shaft, doesn't he? Yeah. And that's where Marty finds it. Um, travels back in time. He's being chased by Native Americans. Um, I think he runs over a cactus, cuts the gas line, and it's, it's out of fuel. And obviously, being in the 19th century, gasoline's pretty hard to get. So the dock creates this ingenious plan to power the DeLorean via a steam train and various rail hijinks ensue but why didn't they just dig up the fully fueled DeLorean the dock had buried in the mine shaft awaiting his 1955 counterpart because when Marty travelled back in time that that would have mean there'd be two DeLoreans yeah. the one that uh, Marty found in 1985 uh, and the one that Doc had buried. Once again, this is one of those ones where you, you really can't argue against no, it, can you? No. It just it is a huge plot hole yeah. in it. Oh, yeah, it's just um, it's can't really exp- I don't know if unless it's some kind of different timeline or some kind uh, of this, ob- I don't know. Obviously, it um, it's not one of the ones where it's necessarily wrong, is it? No, because. Uh, Okay, they forget about. They must have forgot about the the other DeLorean. They yeah. just use that one. So it's not a bad plot hole in that no. term, but it is like if you were to just use your head or or I don't know. If maybe they maybe Doc forgot that he had it or whatnot. But yeah, it is a, still a huge plot hole, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And to be fair, that's actually the first time I've ever heard of it. Yeah. So so what, I, <laughs> that's ruined that for you as well. Yeah. Then, yeah. So thanks for that. <laughs> Okay, moving on to another one of our favourite films, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, this is one that's been pointed out many times by lots of different people. They say that Indy had no effect on the outcome of the film. The Nazis would have found the Ark eventually and taken it to the island, mm. which is, is, you can say it's yeah. true. No, this one gets put up you know, all the time, doesn't in, it? You know, um, so Indy's tasked with retrieving the Ark, so he travels to, to Nepal to get the... Um, the headpiece, the staff of the Ra from Abner Ravenwood. Mm. So while he's there, the Nazis turn up, and they're there. So they would have still got. So had he not been in the film, yeah. then the Nazis would have got the sta- they, headpiece, they, of the staff. They, of they the literally show up like minutes after Indy yeah. does, don't they? Now, so because he's got it, they're digging in at Tannis. They're digging in the wrong place, but the Germans would have just carried on digging the yeah. whole site, excavating the whole site until they found it. So, and then, you know, Indy actually expedites that by showing them where the right place is. Yeah. And so they, they get the ark, he steals it, takes it onto the the boat, they steal it back, take it to the island. Um, so, 
even though this is a film we both love, yeah. I can, yeah, it is. But then what happens after that is, is always a mystery because obviously they open the ark, all the Germans are killed, but surely not every German on the island would have been at that ceremony. No. So they wouldn't have been looking at the ark. No, would they? they would have. They would have found the ark and probably taken it back to Germany. Yeah. So at that point, well, maybe yeah, okay. Indy made sure that the ark didn't fall into the hands of the Germans, but how did he get it off the island? Yeah. Because there was yeah. surely there were all like German radios or whatnot. There was none yeah. to the US, was there? But yeah, and, it is quite a. And then he kind of failed anyway because he he thought the ark would be given over to the museum. And it's yeah. not. It's taken away to be researched by top. Area, yeah, Area Fifty One, yeah. I believe, isn't it? Or something. Um, yeah. And boxed up and put in a, a warehouse somewhere. So. Yeah, but again, it's not about how you get no. the journey, isn't it? Well, I think it's actually really good, um, uh, like character development for Indy because he's gone this whole, yeah. um, you know, this whole ordeal and whatnot. And yeah, it's, it, like you said, it's the journey, isn't it? Yeah. So, and that, that's why I was trying to with the Lord of the Rings yeah. one come from a different perspective. Like there'd be there'd be non Indiana Jones fans being being like in the same position as we were with the Lord of the Rings <laughs> one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, to be fair, I can I can see this one. But like I, I said, the film. One worst plot hole I find is when when because um, uh, Indy's packed the ark onto this ship, mm. and it gets stopped by a German U-boat, and Indy somehow he swims over to the U-boat and he's hanging on the outside of it, and he oh, makes yeah. it to the island. It's like how. Surely, surely they would have you know, yeah, submerged they, on yeah, the way to the yeah. island some people say well he managed to sneak on board well would he not be spotted yeah how do you get surely, on a German submarine without being spotted well surely it's, it's a you know it's a small crew everyone knows each other yeah. so a different fan there's not that many places to hide and so, I agree that's actually probably a bigger plot yeah. hole than the old yeah you know and you know he had chance to have the act destroyed as well didn't he yeah. on the island you know, yeah, he could have done a million. But things he was convinced it. by Belloc. You know, it's a transmitter. The radio <laughs> speak to God. <laughs> I did promise last week I wouldn't do any more. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist it. So yeah, so um, yeah, it's a tough one that. But like I said, it's what number one is. is yeah. if, if if all that all the events didn't happen, then we wouldn't have had the film. So no, exactly. Right, so moving on to another Steven Spielberg film, Jurassic Park, 1993. Well, this has always kind of bothered me, this one, is the geography yeah. of Jurassic Park makes absolutely no sense. Ravines appear from nowhere during the T-Rex attack, and the fact that the T-Rex can somehow get inside the visitor centre are questions with no logical answer. Mm. So during, obviously, the T-Rex attack, yeah. the power's being shut off, she's looking over the electric fence, mm. and then the next scene, she's kicking the car off the side of this and there's this massive drop drop yeah that's taller than the T-Rex and I've heard some people say that it's further along but not no they're literally where where the gate's been yeah. torn down they're at that part aren't they yeah and yeah it's a huge drop off and so the T-Rex wouldn't have been able to climb up there you know and it's like for me personally that is a huge and I've always had an issue yeah with that. I have as well um, it just I does mean, not make sense Getting into the visitor centre, well, they, it was under construction, wasn't it? So yeah. there may have been because you do see you do see a huge chunk yeah. of light coming in. So maybe that so is... may, may be a hole big enough yeah. for the T Rex. But to no, get that that well, one, that previous one, really <laughs> does have a problem. Yeah. And there's another one as well where yeah. um, 
actually I learnt this from a Costa Rican uh, in the scenes where we, we first meet with um, Dennis Nedry when he's obviously um, uh, obviously getting passed yeah. over the um, embryo yeah um, in the backdrop you can see a sea yeah but but the town where Nedry is it's in San Jose and if you look on a map San Jose is in the centre of Costa Rica so it's not on yeah the seafront or whatever like I said it's in minute details just something I thought was quite cool yeah it is well if you are from Costa Rica then it is a big deal isn't yeah, it yeah it is yeah if you get if you oh you know Costa Rica yeah, yeah like I said I was literally looking in YouTube comments actually uh, and at this um, particular scene I saw Costa Rica just put up it was just one of those things okay. Right, moving on. Karate Kid, 1984 film directed by John G. Albertson. So, this is the big thing. Time and time again, throughout the whole film, the film's karate tournament, we're told that kicks to the face are illegal, will not be tolerated. So how does Daniel San defeat his nemesis Johnny in the final? By a crane kick to the face. <laughs> so he should have been disqualified. Yeah. And and Johnny should have won. So you know, it's it's that's one of those things. It's like it's mentioned throughout the whole film. It's mm. like no kicks to the face, no kicks to the face, and he wins by a kick to the face. This is the thing. It, 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 obviously, earlier with with the um with the man of steel, we were saying if, if follow yeah um you know law and whatnot from your source material. But if you can't even follow the same rules in your own movie, yeah, then it's done, isn't it? Yeah, I just think they would just whoever wrote it just maybe forgot or or something. I just didn't care. Yeah, I just oh, didn't care. Maybe a crane kick looks quite spectacular. Doesn't yeah, it? so maybe, maybe that's maybe he was just writing it and then he was like, actually, like you said, a crane yeah. kick looks cool, so I'm gonna forget <laughs> everything about the film or the yeah. law about the film and just put that in. Yeah, but yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's stupid as well, isn't it? Yeah, but, it is. So moving on to Gremlins, 1984, directed by Joe Dante. Right, throughout the film you're told not to feed the Magway after midnight. Now, if you take into account the international time zone, it's always after midnight somewhere in the world. But it's it's very it's not specific. It says it's always after midnight. Yeah. What you know, is it between midnight and three? Or you know, no there's no real specific detail on that. And that's that that's always been an issue mm. of mine with gremlins yeah. as well. Because if, if, say, Gizmo, he, he took a trip across the Atlantic to here at midnight. Yeah, is it midnight, you know, Eastern Time, or is it midnight GMT, or yeah. whatever? just does not make sense, no. does it? But once again, I probably, whoever wrote this film was probably not even thinking in no. that hard, were they? But, or maybe maybe the the um, the um actual gremlins were, their time, their internal clock is that time. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to... But again, up. just after midnight is a... It, it's an ambiguous term because yeah. it's always it's always going to be yeah. after midnight. The only Unless time it's mid, the only time it's not is at the stroke of midnight, and then one second past it's yeah. after midnight. The next midnight defeats the other midnight. Yeah, you know what I mean, so, so yeah, it doesn't make sense. Oh so, yeah, it's like yeah, if you don't don't feel between midnight and one, yeah, okay, the witching hour, mm. which is all right, but no, it's just very ambiguous and yeah, because you say that say if you were to feed your mogwai at. 12 yeah p.m that would still be 10 that still be past 12 a.m wouldn't it still be past midnight wouldn't yeah. it so yeah it doesn't make yeah. sense does it but i don't, I don't think they were looking that into it no, whenever no, yeah, it, but, uh, but it's just but it still is quite a, a bit, big plot hole isn't it yeah. but so 
moving on, this is I ruined this for you, didn't I, the other yeah. day? The Rock. No, no, he didn't ruin it, but it was by just... Michael Bay. So biggest bullshit story going. You've got Sean Connery who's playing John Mason, he's an ex CIA operative, he's been imprisoned without trial, um, for stealing uh, national secrets from the from the US government and he's he's been held uh basically he doesn't exist. Um and he's the only person to ever successfully have broken out of Alcatraz. So when a group of Marines take um take Alcatraz and hold the visitors hostage, um they have this also this VX gas. So it's up to Sean Connery and Nick Cage as as uh, a an FBI chemical weapons specialist to rescue uh, along with the Navy SEAL team to rescue the hostages. So they release um, John Mason and he says, "Well, you know, I can't really tell you how I escaped. I've got to show you what way because you know I can't remember. So you know, I'll, I'll know when I get there." So they take him along, and one of the one of the things that he had to escape through was this furnace. And there were like timed flames on underneath this furnace and he had to roll under it. So what he does is he, he rolls under this furnace, timing it so he misses the flames and then he gets through to the other side and then there's a door in the wall but it only opens from the other side. So then he opens the door, lets the seal through. The plot hole is, when he originally escaped, why didn't he just use the door? Yeah. The door's right there. It opens from the side that he would have been on. He would have he would have saved himself a lot of hassle by having to roll underneath the furnace. How, how I look at this now is because yeah. we're both huge, huge fans <laughs> of this film. What I've come up in my head is that the door was locked for some reason and he had to obviously go underneath because why would he put his body at those... Ex- why would he go to those extreme lengths if the door was open? So that's all I'm saying. But no, it is... A, it is painful plot hole I must yeah, admit but... it, it's only it's only when I was compiling this mm. that I realised that all the time I've been watching The Rock he's under the furnace girl comes out the other side opens the door I'm thinking yeah it's, why couldn't he just open the door when he escaped yeah I, I just like to think that the door was shut <laughs> but closed right so moving on to one of our childhood favourites mm. well you know childhood favourites Toy Story 1995, directed by John Lasseter. Once again, you ruined that for me as well. <laughs> and you got to ruin it for the whole generation yeah. of kids. <laughs> so Buzz Lightyear initially thinks that he's a real space ranger and not a toy. Yet, like all toys, he freezes around humans. Does that make sense? Oh, what? The, the plot hole makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the plot, the plot hole makes sense, yeah. How? No. Oh, I thought you meant... I thought you were asking if the plot hole, if the if you made sure that I understood. Oh right, okay. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Yeah, and but no, the actual plot hole does not make no. sense at all. I mean, the only thing is, is that maybe the toys uh, have an inbuilt mm. thing where they freeze automatically around humans. Yeah, maybe. But that's the only explanation I can yeah. maybe come up with. No, there's no other explanation. Well, it is a plot hole, and is. yeah, just. When I first read that, I was like, "Oh no!" Because I, I hate to when I see plots, I hate to admit they they're true, and it is just is. Yeah, but hopefully in the new Lightyear movie, someone someone gets explained. But <laughs> maybe. <yeah. laughs> so moving on to one of my favourites, Planet of the Apes, nineteen sixty nine, directed by Franklin J. Schaffner. So the plot hole here is quite simple, which I've never even thought about. 
All the apes speak English, yet Taylor doesn't realise he's still on Earth. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to have travelled you know, thousands of years away from Earth, landed on this, this planet, mm. a supposedly alien planet. Not alien, but, you know, I mean, alien to him. Um, he gets captured by these intelligent apes who all speak English. So is it possible that they've adapted this uh, way of speaking, you know, organically? Would he not question it? Maybe know? you're just so fucking freaked out that he's talking <laughs> <Maybe something. laughs> I know I would be. Yeah. But even so. no, it, is, it is a very burning plot hole yeah. again. And that's that's the thing. It's like in, in all these science fiction films and things, yeah. you know, a lot of these alien species speak English. Yeah. And you kind of think, oh, and they go, go, yeah, but they were, they had a, an inbuilt like translator on board. Or mate, it just means they've been colonized by the British Empire, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, mate, uh, yeah, like once again, it is a very burning plot hole. But okay, and now the Terminator Two. Don't you go treading <laughs> on my Terminator Two, mate? Um, it stated in the original Terminator film that metal objects cannot be sent through the time machine. Something to do with the field generated by them, because when Reese is being questioned in Terminator um, the psychiatrist sarcastically asks him you know why didn't you bring a laser gun with you and he says oh you're no weapons because uh, no metal can come through because it's a field you know generated by metal objects so that's why you have to go through butt naked oh that's what John Connor told him anyway yeah I don't know, maybe, 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 just... maybe he's a bit pervy or something <laughs> I don't know <laughs> The T-800 is a metal skeleton surrounded by living tissue. Yeah, yeah. The T-1000 is fully liquid metal. Yeah. Yet he comes through. And weirdly, the T-1000 comes through butt naked as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's, it could have assumed any any clothing. It could. Just some things. Is anyone... Yeah, because it's not like anyone touches the T-1000 where you can see that is because um, people touch when people touch the T-800 yeah. you can see there's flesh there can't yeah. you but yeah no it'd just be all fully liquid metal wouldn't it for yeah. the T-1000 it does not again, make sense that's, at all. I just I just thought about why yeah. did the T-1000 come through butt naked when it could it could have because it generates the clothing as part of the whole it could have had flesh or whatever yeah it just doesn't make sense <laughs> at all yeah because it could have had flesh like um, it could rid itself of that flesh once it's through, couldn't it, or something? But yeah, it just doesn't make sense no. at all. And uh, to be fair, I've actually heard this one before, and I've heard people say, but it's like a different property. It's, but you hear throughout the whole movie that it is liquid metal, don't yeah. you? It's metal, yeah. so yeah. I've heard people tell you, well, the you know, um, Skynet's moved on, become more technologically advanced, mm. but it was on on the point of being destroyed. Yeah, it was on its last knees, wasn't yeah. it? It's not going to have the technology at that point. Yeah. But, you know, that's another, once again, but burning plot hole, one of my favourite movies. Yeah. So, yeah. And just just a, another quick one is is Skynet, in the original Terminator, mm. sends one Terminator through. Why didn't it just send an army through, an army of Terminators, to, to, to do the job? Yeah. Instead of just sending one through. Do you reckon, mate, uh, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Do you reckon maybe they're just... They're just maybe had the technology for one or do you reckon, well, do you reckon it was like, like like you say Skynet was on its last legs yeah. basically and they, it was being defeated by the humans at yeah. that point wasn't it and people said oh they only had enough power to send you know one Terminator mm. through and then Reese went through to be so, fair though we never actually um, 
we don't see the damage um, sending someone or Terminator back through time to the machine. It could damage the yeah. machine. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with yeah. any random bullshit. But yeah, it's once again another burning plot yeah. hole in another film I love. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the final one, um, I'll probably ruin it for everybody, but yeah. every Christmas film ever. So every, ever, that's a massive yeah. statement. Every Christmas movie that centers on Santa being real, but the adults still don't believe in him. Why do you? Th- why do they think? Who do you think is leaving the presents? Because if it's the parents leaving the presents, then Santa's not doing his job. And if it is Santa, then where on earth do the parents think these presents are coming from? Once again, and you have just done that every Christmas film ever <laughs> destroyed now. It's true. It's, it like, is, you know, it's very true. Um, you know, it's usually, usually the parents don't believe in Santa, mm. so where do the presents come from? If they're buying it and Santa's real, then Santa's a lazy fat twat and not doing his job. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, if if Santa isn't real, yeah. and the, um, sorry, if Santa, yeah, isn't real, then where are the presents coming from? When they wake up on a morning, the presents are underneath the tree. Cause, yeah, the parents act like, obviously they act like they, they've not bought them, they don't, yeah. they don't know where they come from, so... Yeah, it does. It doesn't make sense yeah. at all, does it? Really? Um, and yeah, like I said, you have ruined every Christmas movie. Ever, so. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed that actually. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. Can try being a Grinch at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, do you like humbugs? Do you? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, bar. <laughs> <laughs> I would not. If you want to unsubscribe from this, I would not <laughs> blame you. So. Um, yeah, it was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I hope, hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, all Count down to our Christmas special, aren't it? Yeah. Yeah. Next week is going to be our, it's going to be slightly earlier. We're going to release it on um, Christmas, Christmas Eve, yeah. and mm. that's going to be our top Christmas films. Yeah. So I hope you can join us for that. Uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you for joining us and goodbye. Thank you. Bye.